Good morning. Uh, once again, it is Mornings in the Spirit with Pastor Douglas Schoff. So, we've been dealing with the Beatitudes. We've been reflecting on the Beatitudes. And each morning that we've reflected on the Beatitudes, I have invited you to come apart with me in the Spirit so that you would really embrace the truth of what Jesus said in the first part of Matthew, the fifth chapter. I'm going to end this today with our my third installment of persecutions. Uh, one might think that I'm obsessed with this idea of persecution, but I'm not. In fact... It is a phenomenon of living the Christian life that oftentimes is painful. But all who will live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, as Paul said. Listen to the uh, last beatitude, just so that we'll be all singing from the same sheet of music. How about that? So in Matthew 5, verse 10, and then through verse 12, Jesus said, Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people shall insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you, because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So, as I said in an earlier uh, podcast, evidently Jesus did not know how to win friends and influence people. Uh, perhaps Jesus wasn't concerned about winning friends and influencing people as much as he was interested in telling the truth. And so now he tells the truth about persecution. Uh, I would invite you to go back and pick up the last two or three podcasts if you haven't seen, haven't, uh, I know you haven't seen them, but if you haven't heard them, and that'll kind of bring you up to speed here. So, we neither seek persecution or think of it as a punishment or a thing that we deserve. Right? But we do rejoice that we are counted worthy to suffer for Christ. That rejoicing is our bearing our cross with joy. For the joy that is set before us as Christ uh, endured his cross. So we endure our cross. Wake up in the morning and say, Yay, another day for persecution. But 
when it comes, there is this deep, deep, profound rejoicing that we are counted worthy to suffer for Christ. Uh, we face persecution. This is important. We face persecution knowing that justice will win eventually. In the Psalms, it tells of God who is king and his scepter, his symbol of, of reign, his, sim, his symbol of majesty, his uh, symbol of his kingship, that his scepter is justice. And so whenever we are persecuted, whenever we are wrongly treated, whenever we are insulted because of our relationship with Jesus, hey, we know that justice will win out in the end. But again, we don't seek it, uh, we seek to live for Christ, and then uh, we let that, the rest of it take care of itself. Now, as I was looking into this last episode on persecution, I came, I came across a man that most of you, actually, um, perhaps all of you, are familiar with, and that is uh, Stephen, who was one of the seven that was picked out by the church to help the apostles with their work of charity. Well, Stephen was a brilliant man, and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he was teaching about Jesus, and he was hauled up by the Sanhedrin to face them in judgment. Now the Sanhedrin, these are the same beautiful people who sent Christ to the cross. And now, by hook or by crook, or by hook and by crook, they were going to kill Stephen unless they could silence him. And so they were ranging on him, haranguing on him constantly. And they, you know, come, it was coming to the end of what they had to say about him. And they were lying. They were uh, giving false testimony. You've, you've probably had false testimony said about you. You're not. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know very many Christians who have really tried to live a godly life, particularly those in leadership. I don't know many who from time to time have not been falsely accused by someone about something. Well, Stephen, they were falsely accusing him of uh, 
spreading the word that Jesus of Nazareth uh, will destroy the temple and change the customs that Moses handed down to us. Now, folks, as in almost all false testimony, there is a kernel of truth in that because Jesus did say that the temple would be destroyed and not one stone would be left upon another, but it would be destroyed because they rejected him and therefore he rejected them. He set up his church in order to be the fulfillment of the temple. Uh, he, in the Sermon on the Mount, in fact, was actually showing the fulfillment of the law and the prophets in what he was teaching. So there's a half-truth in there, but not, not the truth that they were trying, not the, uh, not the truth that they were trying to invent, all right? <clears throat> so I just took a drink of water there. I'm always afraid of when I do that, I'm going <laughs> to go down the wrong pipe and uh, choke. But in Acts 6, 15, all who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen. And they saw that his face was like the face of an angel. His righteousness, his love for his Lord and for his Lord's body, his innocence infuriated the Sanhedrin. But the more infuriated they became, the more angelic Stephen became. There was a peace about Stephen, even in the midst of knowing that that peace, the source of that peace, being Christ, would cost him his physical life. He still had peace, and that is a gift of the Holy Spirit. I pray to the Lord that whenever I face insults and persecution and betrayal, I pray that whenever you face persecution and insults and betrayal, that you can face them in peace, the peace that passes understanding. Now, in Acts, the seventh chapter, the end of this story is told, and I want you to just listen to this. Stephen had just preached salvation history to the Sanhedrin, to the teachers of the law. He was interpreting the law by the spirit of the one who gave the law. And when the members of the Sanhedrin 
heard this, they were furious and gnashed their teeth at him. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. Look, he said, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. In the midst of every persecution, the persecuted finds peace in the vision he has or she has of Jesus Christ is in a position even to see heaven opened unlike he or she had ever seen heaven open. And at this they covered their ears, covered their ears, yelling at the top of their voices. Contrast the Sanhedrin's contrast their fury and their rage and their animalistic attacking of Stephen. Contrast that with the peace that passes understanding that Stephen had in the presence of those who would soon kill him. So they covered their ears and yelling at the top of their voices, they rushed they rushed at him, dragged him out of the city, and began to stone him. Meanwhile, the witnesses laid their coats at the feet of a young man named Saul. And while they were stoning him, Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then... He fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. You know, there's something really profound really profound in what we can learn from this godly Stephen, this courageous man of peace filled with the Holy Spirit. He did not ask to be, he did not ask to be delivered from death or to be delivered from the persecution or to be delivered from the hatred of these people but instead he prayed for their forgiveness truly Stephen demonstrated love your enemy pray for those who insult you and persecute you. For you shall be children 
of your Father in heaven, who sends his rain upon the just and the unjust, who, who shines his sun upon the, upon the just and the unjust. Stephen truly had learned in his short time as a Christian what's, what's seldom do Christians learn who spend years in the church. He learned the love of God and that love of God could not be destroyed with the stones that were being hurled at him. He had peace. One more scripture that would tie in with this as well. <clears throat> Romans, the 8th chapter, starting with verse 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subject to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from the bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. I don't, I don't know, folks, what particular sufferings most of you or even a few of you might be going through. But I know that you cannot go through life without suffering. And I know that no Christian, no Christian, absolutely no Christian can go through his Christian or her Christian life without suffering for the Messiah. It just is not possible. So I don't know what suffering you have had in your life or will have in your life. And I don't speak this so that it will bring you down or put you in a dark mood. No, no. I tell you this so that when suffering happens, you will know, number one, that it is brief. It is brief. No matter how long it seems as you're going through it, it is still brief and it is passing away. Number two, that as you are suffering, you will know that it cannot be compared to the glory that will be revealed in you at the resurrection on the last day. Oh my goodness. What a glorious, glorious day that will be. Mm. Revelation, the revelation of John, or to John, the revelation of Jesus Christ to John, tells about those saints who have paid the ultimate price of martyrdom. 
And, of course, not all suffering leads to martyrdom, obviously. But for those for whom it did, those saints are pictured in white garments before the very throne of God. And they are among those who return with Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, with the scepter of justice and with the sword coming out of his mouth, even the sword of the word of God. And they know and they rejoice because all eternity is theirs, whereas the sufferings were just a brief breath of air, a brief blowing of the wind against them. And so, my friends, I ask you to be with me in the Spirit this morning. And I ask you to embrace the joy that Stephen felt. Don't you be afraid of those who would persecute you, no matter what cruelty, no matter what falsehood they bring against you, because they cannot take away the peace that is within you, because you are in the Spirit. Hey. All right, so that ends the Beatitudes, folks. And uh, let's take a deep breath. And tomorrow we'll be getting into the rest of the sermon. Uh, of course, we'll not cover all the sermon in one podcast. But I just pray that God will bless you in all of this. I pray that he blesses you at least as much as he blesses me as I go through these mornings in the Spirit with our Lord. Amen. I'll talk to you uh, tomorrow. <laughs>